Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo boo, sit, boo boo, sit. Grr, I don't. Some bad hat hair. It's a good show. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. No, we're out. No, we're out. I make it. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing The Great Season 1. Damask Leary, are you The Great Season 1 today? What? Can't, what? <laughs> that was terrible. Um, I am good today. My little puppy and my cat are slowly... Slowly getting friendlier. So oh, nice. It's pretty great. What news. does that look like at this stage? Um, well, today they both slept on the couch, one on either side of me. So oh, that's pretty good. So you're still the buffer. I'm still the buffer. But they're like. They're not spooning yet, but <laughs> one step at a time. That's the ultimate mm-hmm, goal. Mm-hmm, yes. Very good. How about you? How are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit tired, if I'm being honest. I'm ready for a break. It's been a heck of a year. Is this how you're telling me that the podcast is over? <laughs> That's it. You know what? I think it's done. I think we're wow. done. Uh, no, I, yeah, I'm ready. I don't know. It's been a year. It's been a year. It continues to be a it's year. June. It's yeah. June. It's <laughs> June. And it's mm. been what a year. Uh, but I did get to do something fun last night. I got to record mm. a very long episode of the Dialogue Options video game podcast with Joel and Kyron and our friend Ben, uh, all, talking all about Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, which if you're a Final Fantasy fan or you're a fan of Dialogue Options, or maybe if you're a fan of me, you should go listen to when it goes up there. It should be out either now or in the coming mm. days. So look out for that. Beautiful. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was good. It's just three hours of us going absolute batshit crazy. Sounds like my about nightmare. Yeah. But I'm sure there's lots of people out there that would enjoy that. That might enjoy that. <laughs> All right, without further ado then, let's get to our spoiler-free review of The Great Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. The Great, an occasionally true story, is an American original period comedy drama series loosely based on the rise of Catherine the Great, Empress of Russia, and premiered on Hulu on May 15th, 2020. The show, adapted from the stage play of the same name, was created and written by RMIT alumni Tony McNamara, 2018 Oscar nominee for his screenplay of The Favourite and known in Australia as writer on the TV series The Secret Life of Us, Love My Way, Tangle, Puberty Blues, and creator of Doctor Doctor, of all things, and stars Elle Fanning, Nicholas Holt, Phoebe Fox, Sasha Dwan, Charity Wakefield, Willem Lee, Adam Goodley, Douglas Hodge, Belinda Bromlow, Tony McNamara's uh, wife, and Sebastian D'Souza. The Great Season 1 consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 52 minutes, and took us approximately 8 hours and 45 minutes to watch. So, before we get into our spoiler-free review, Damask, mm-hmm. first of all, how familiar are you with Tony McNamara's previous works? Have you seen The Favourite, for instance? 
Um, and how familiar are you with Catherine the Great as a historical figure? I am somewhat familiar with Tony McNamara. Mm-hmm. I have watched The Favourite. Didn't know that he went to RMIT. Yes. Like, we both went to RMIT. We both went to RMIT. Yes. Uh, campuses, Royal but... Melbourne Institute of Technology. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, I've, I think I've really seen The Favourite. Oh, like, do you say Secret Life of Us and stuff? Yes, Secret Life I've... of Us he wrote for. Beauty Blues, I've seen bits of that. Yeah, so bits and pieces of his Australian TV work, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I just fell in love with The Favourite as soon as I saw it. And Mm -hmm. in terms of Catherine the Great, I did study classical societies in high school. Right. But that was only Greece and Italy. Right. So, fuck the Russians. Never made it to Russia. (laughs) Uh, For me... Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of The Secret Life of Us. I've seen, I think, pretty much the first full first season of Puberty Blues, the full thing of that. I've never seen Dr. Doctor, but I can't avoid the ads, especially around the time of the Australian Open. I love my right. tennis. And they're always advertising Dr. Doctor like crazy. Don't watch free to wear television. It looks so. mm. terrible. Cool. And the idea that he's somehow behind that makes me either go, I've misjudged that is show. Is that the Doctor Who's an asshole? Yes, that yeah, one. Yeah, okay. It's like, Which it's, I mean it's, is all of them. It's kind of mm. like the Doc Hollywood thing, I think. I think the premise of the first season is like get sent to the country to be like a country doctor rather right. than like a big city doctor sort of thing. Gotcha. Sounds horrendous. But <laughs> now that I know that Toby McNamara wrote, I'm like, am I mm. missing something amazing? I'm sure here? we each know about five people who have been in Doctor Probably. Doctor. So Probably. <laughs> playing it fast and loose with insulting it. But yeah. And you know what? Even if it isn't quality, I understand needing to work for a paycheck, especially in Australia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, saw the favourite uh, before, I think before the actual Oscars were on. Um, mm. So I got to that when it was nominated and loved it. Yeah. Just in a cinema... Filled with people who were four times my age. Yeah, it was all boomers when all I went boomers. to the movies. They thought it was just a normal period piece. And then sitting towards the back and laughing hysterically mm-hmm. and having the rest of the theatre be yeah. pretty much deathly silent. I had two old, at the end of the film, I had two old ladies sitting next to Angela and myself and they got up and one turned to the other. Very old, and one just goes, I've never heard the word cunt so many times in my life. And I loved it. <laughs> um, and as far as Catherine the Great, I'm aware of the name. Yes. Well <laughs> That's done. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Damask, mm-hmm. could you please give us your spoiler free review of The Great Season sure. 1? Sure. Yes. The Great is a show of extremes. You will collide with unimaginable horrors one moment and then fast school japes, as they call them, the next. I love a period piece, the costumes, the sets, that hoity-toity attitude. If you have a show with people in wigs swanning about, the likelihood that I will like it goes up about 25%. Thankfully, The Great takes that and mixes in an acerbic wit, guffaw-inducing performances and a frenetic tone. The show revels in its cast of interesting and complicated characters, grotesque, amusing, emotionally shut off and yearning for more. Everyone is the worst, but you empathise with their individual experience. It's a feat of balance that is mesmerising to watch. As Catherine gathers allies and tries to adapt to Russian life, her sense of purpose grows. However, the show is good to remind us that while the Queen might have purpose, that doesn't mean she is qualified. Privilege and ignorance are not traits only her husband, Peter the not-quite-adequate, possesses. Will she be a good ruler? No one knows, but you still want the girl to try, because who doesn't love a plot and a scheme? I have seen commentary about the show's length. Does it need 10 plus hours? No, it doesn't. But the time spent in this world is as lavish and hedonistic as those within it. During my first viewing of the show, I was happy to spend as much time in the world as the creators would allow. 
But I will admit on my second viewing, I did notice the lag and stagnation in the middle. With a mix of grotesque morality from the past and progressive character traits from the present, a show or film can oftentimes feel disingenuous. However, the great manages to pull it off thanks to a very clever swatting down of the girl's rule mantra by the brutal reality Catherine and her allies live in. The show doesn't shy away from the fact that wanting power doesn't mean you are qualified for it. Al Fanning, Nicholas Holt, Phoebe Fox and everyone else are giving phenomenal performances and makes even the most horrific parts of the show watchable. The great is well worth your time. Broad. Beautiful. I'm going to have a hard time adding to what you've said here, really. By the end of episode one, I knew I was going to love The Great because it was hitting the same sorts of notes that I loved about The Favourite. It's not the same by any margin, but it is written, it's so, so well written, witty and naughty and just very, very funny. One of the things I came to really appreciate about the show as I kept watching it was sort of the Shakespearean nature of the language and some of the performances as well, particularly by actress uh, Phoebe Fox, who has a Shakespearean background. And like one of my favorite comedies from Shakespeare is As You Like It, partly because I was in it, but I've seen it on stage a bunch of times. And just had that a great performance of like one of Shakespeare's comedies tone to it. Mm. Uh, I just was loving every bit of that. it's a bit reductive to say, but in trying to like explain what this show is and what makes it so much fun to watch, is it's kind of like, again, this is reductive, a black comedy version of Game of Thrones, or at least, as my little brother Liam put it, Game of Thrones, if it was just season one to four at King's Landing and funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got that whole uh, plotting politics edge to it. It is quite violent. It's quite raw about the realities of the time in terms of violence and and mm-hmm. sex and that sort of thing. And then you've got like the characters of Orlo and Archie, almost like a little finger and Varys sort of plotting politically, manipulating the things behind mm. the scenes. And it was like lovely to get that back because that was something I loved at Game of Thrones for so long that just disappeared yeah, after a while. Sad. So to be able to have a show that was just that and even like better written in some ways was amazing. And sometimes this show is almost just a sitcom. I mean, it's all set with inside pretty much the boundaries of the Winter Palace. Mm. Um, and it just feels like, like, what happens if we throw all these personalities and these people together and into one space and then shake them around a little bit, like you would with a sitcom every, uh, from episode to episode. And I mean that all of that with the greatest praise. It's just so much fun to, mm. to watch. As you already said, the performances from Elle Fanning as Catherine and from Nicholas Holt as Emperor Peter in particular are just incredible. Elf Fanning, she has an incredible ability to just say so much with a look. Mm-hmm. Like her performance and uh, uh, with the dialogue is excellent, but just sometimes the 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 amount of information you get from the way she will narrow her eyes or do something with her mouth is like it sounds again reductive, but it's just there's so much there. She's mm-hmm. so, in such control of her facial expressions; it says so much. And then Nicholas Holt, I didn't quite realize his range mm. before this. I've seen him in things in the past, and I've liked him in. Um, but man, he is having a He's ball in this. in this. Yeah. And for another Game of Thrones comparison. I get a similar enjoyment from him as I got from Joffrey, only much funnier and I kind of weirdly like Peter more yeah, than Joffrey. It's amazing the turns that happen with a lot of the characters. You're in one vein with them and then because the actors are given so much to work with, mm-hmm. you have the ability in most cases to at least empathise or understand or have moments of like, 
oh, fuck, how do I care about you? You're a monster. Yeah. When did this happen? And then I already mentioned Phoebe Fox, as did you. Mm. Um, love her work as Mariel. Just makes every line work mm-hmm. um, with just precision, I think. And it was really good to see Sasha Dewan as Orlo in something else because we both enjoyed him in the latest season of Doctor mm-hmm. Who we as did. the master. And it was great. I've never seen him before this year, basically. And yeah. now I'm getting a lot of Sasha Dewan and enjoying He's that. Killing it. He is. Criticisms wise, um, I love the costume and set design. I do wonder sometimes if it's a little bit limited by the lack of varied locations because often the the majesty of the Winter Palace can feel very samey from room to room. Sometimes mm. it's hard to tell. It's like, what's the difference between being Catherine's room versus Peter's room versus wherever it might be? And so as we go through 10 hours of this, it can all start to become mm. a bit of a muddy wash, I think. Um, that arguably could be the point as well, though. I there are deliberate so. uh, sort of ideas about being stuck in there like a prison claustrophobia of it all and so like it's hard for that to be a real criticism and i do agree and i hadn't read this criticism from others but you brought it up it probably is about two episodes too long i think it is there's two specific episodes i'm like "Mm, yeah at least be one it drags out i would say a touch around the episode six to eight part yeah um it chooses to do something with a plot that's not a bad choice i think it's actually a very good choice in a lot of ways and it serves a lot of purpose, but it does derail the momentum of the show for a bit. And then also has to sideline a couple of characters that I was otherwise enjoying mm. and sort of push them away or make them less interesting all of a sudden. And it's like, you just feel yeah. it's like if this was like one episode instead of two or three, mm. it would be just that little bit sharper. I didn't feel it too much on the first feeling, but sure. that second one it was very noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I had a blast with this show and was rooting for our heroes between belly laughs from the delicious dialogue. Huzzah! <laughs> Damask, what would you give the great season one out of five? I was tossing up between 4.5 and 5 because mm-hmm. I had such a good time. I think in the first viewing, I probably would have stopped at five. Second viewing, I think just because it is stretched out a little too far, I'm probably going to... It's a high one, but a 4.5. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 4.5 as well. Mm. I really, really had a great time with it. Yeah. Constantly laughing, mm-hmm. just enjoying it from moment to moment, but definitely felt that the drag a little bit towards the middle. And then also feel like it's not perfect. In fact, I'm excited that if we do get a season two, I think there is room to get even to better, to build mm. on what we've already got mm-hmm. and go to places that could be better than the season that we got, which is exciting to feel. Yeah, totally. Just go like, this feels great. But I also see the potential for this to get even better somehow as it finds its... Because every show in the first season is still struggling, struggling to find itself mm-hmm. and feel like it was kind of getting there by the end of the season. You learn so much. A season two could be amazing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the podcast to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. And in a blatant act of theft from the Swapcast podcast, to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. We want to do it as much as you guys want us to do it. Uh, we would also love you to share hunting seasons with friends and family who you think might also enjoy listening. Next week, we'll be back with our review of Killing Eve Season 3. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of Killing Eve, or if you have any thoughts on the great that you would like to share, you can write to us or send an audio recording to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for the great Season 1. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning. From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of The Great. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of The Great up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Normally, we enter the spoiler discussion with like hot, topics to talk about, mm-hmm. something that's controversial or like uh, a hot take or opinion or something they really want to bite into and talk about in depth. I've, I actually don't have that much to talk about. No. Well, you just asked me off air, you're like, well, what would you like to speak about first? And I was like, I don't know. I just really like it. Yeah. <laughs> to which we both agreed. So, if you want something a bit more biting about the great, I'm not sure you got to get it here I, because, yeah. Most of it was in the criticisms I've given already. Like that, mm-hmm. That's that's what I've got. And they're barely criticisms. You gave me slightly too much <laughs> yeah. and it's How all stuck you? in one location, which is maybe thematically on yeah. purpose. It's like, I don't know what, I don't know what there's left to say really about this. No. I think you suggested we should go character yeah, by character. Character by character, why not? I mean, they're all so good. That's there's so it. much there. I think it's the way to do it. Well, let's start with Catherine, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did you make of her as the lead character of this? I think you already mentioned it sort of doesn't just lead into the whole, like, girl power No, side and of I think, like, there is a tendency to oversimplify in terms of modern-day ideals or politics or, like, you know, f- this feminist kind of girl's rule idea that's, like, put on top of 
people, generally real life people from the past or stories mm-hmm. that take place in the past. And sometimes it just feels a little cheap. Sure. And I'm glad a lot of the times they would give you a little bit of that, but then just like shut you down with just the circumstances that our character is in. When the show first started though, when mm-hmm. we see Catherine as this very, very naive, almost ridiculously naive um, person, I was like, oh, I don't know how much of this I'm really going to enjoy, particularly because I like the show goes on and she's in such a terrible situation with who Peter turns out to be. Yeah. I thought it really was going to be like Game of Thrones sometimes was in which just unwatchable to watch someone be tortured. But thankfully, Catherine is a far more complicated and interesting character than that. I think there a lot needs to be said or a lot of praise needs to be given to the pilot, mm-hmm. the first episode, which does Agreed. an incredible job of building up everything we need to know about these characters to get us to the place to see the, the rest of the story go forward. The introduction to Catherine and that naivete and that wide eye optimism and then just cutting it down multiple times. Mm-hmm. My favourite one being where she asks Peter for permission to build a school mm. and he says yes and then he finds out that it's a school for girls yeah. and then instantly we just shut cut to the school on fire. Mm-hmm. And it was both hilarious in its timing, just the brutality yeah. that movement makes you have to like gasp and chuckle a little bit. Mm. And it says so much about Peter. It says so much about her situation and you are on board for the drama of it yes. too. To the point where we get to the point, uh, the bit where she's going to slit her own wrists, it seems like, at the in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then Marion walks in and... Uh, Marielle? Marielle, thank you, mm. walks in and uh, convinces her not to. Well, she tells her to get a, a bucket. <laughs> That's well, get a bucket fuck. and some towels because there will probably be some overflow. Um, yeah, it's very... I think that's just speaking on that particular moment is what makes this show really bearable, right? Because there's a lot of bad stuff happening yep. and generally I, I find it very stressful. But what this show does is with every moment of this kind of most horrific thing or something that's truly grotesque is they make it... They cut it with humour always. always. Like, you know, Catherine is in a terrible situation and yet she... One example is when she's in the library with Peter and they're having an argument. She's like, you know, you're so terrible to me. It's like, well, it's not like actual blows or whatever. And she's like, no, it is, it is. And then he just punches her in the stomach. And for whatever reason, like... It's just funny. like the it's, it's got to do with a lot. The way it's framed the, is incredible yeah, as well. The like, timing. Yes. The, like the, the performance from each actor. And then like even if at that point you didn't find that amusing, then later you have him saying to her like, oh, I don't know if you remember this, but like last week I punched you and shot your bear. Like it's just so absurd because this is the world they live in, but just it's cutting at every point. So you don't get fucking depressed by the situation this woman is in. I never thought I could be a man that punched his wife. Mm, and yet you are. Like, <laughs> lines like that will do it. Yeah. The first time their post-marriage intercourse, sex, mm. whatever you call it, the, the way the expectation she's mm. built up for that moment and then the stark Her reality monologue of that. about what... Oh. Making love for With the first the time will be. With the slow, like, pan in on her 
as she does this, just making this magical yeah. moment. And, and just... Mariel's reaction of like, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so many moments like that mm. all through. I'm just trying to think of other grotesque moments like that. I, well, I mean, the one, one of my favourite ones, it's not necessarily hilarious but the absurdity of it is when mm. she goes to the front lines of the war and she's giving them macaroons and like <sighs> I don't have any hands and she has to like place it in the guy's mouth with her I've got I've got the on. quote here because it was going to be in my side note sure it was um when the man says I have no hands she's just like she says I'll just pop it in your mouth so he takes it and she goes it's pistachio, if that's helpful. <laughs> it is so, so terrible. Um, yeah, so we, we have her arrive at the palace with such high expectations and she, all she wants, like she understands her role as a queen, as an empress, to be like, I am there to be his loving wife and to bear his children. We're not dealing with a heroine who has great aspirations for herself and then is suddenly like struck down by it. It's just like she literally wants to do the job that she has been born to do. She gets to this situation and has to deal with Peter, who is a monster, Mm -hmm. Um, somewhat probably seems to be a bit of a sociopath. Um, he is able to have connection, so... It's funny. It's like I kept trying to figure out what he was, particularly in the pilot. Mm. I think my f- initial assessment was like he's not necessarily, like, vicious, right? It's like... No, he just he, has no boundaries because he's never been taught That's them, it. Right? It almost comes from a place of ignorance yeah. more than anything else. That is until mm. he is vicious. And yes. you're like, oh, no, no, this guy is an absolute cunt. It's yeah. like there's... That, there's a layer to it because there you can there is the yeah the ignorance of just him being told his entire life that he's ordained by God and anything mm. he says goes, and wanting to be loved and thinking this is how it has to be and living up like we're going to Peter now as a character, mm. but he is fascinatingly complex. Yeah, like there is so much to him. Yeah, absolutely. Like and but before we get we there with get there, him, yeah. um. So, yeah, she wants to do all of these amazing things, but she's struggling to figure out how to do that with Peter because he's so heightened in all of his actions, mm-hmm. whether it comes from a place of happiness or anger. And so she decides, oh, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll make it my mission. I, I will love him and he will love me and I will, you know, find culture and all, all these things. Like, so she finds things to do, but it just gets so bad with, like, he becomes abusive and, and torturous in other types of ways. And it's not until Marielle comes, like we said, on the scene and sparks the idea in her mind that she could be something more. And then we find out it's not while she purports it to be, I have a greater purpose, like it's fate and all that stuff. Really, the girl just wants some power and why not when you're in such a power situation? And we just watch her become more and more power hungry, but you want her to be, which is what makes it satisfying. It, it's always easy to be on her side because the situation is so it's shit dire. as is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the status quo is terrible, mm. even when the show suggests that she's not ready for this and that oh, no, her no. aspirations- she has no idea what she's doing. Are incredibly naive, even mm. if they are- um, aspirational or or, or um, you'd celebrate what she's what she wants you she can't necessarily pull that off did you enjoy just the way the show built into getting the coup going at first getting orlo on board and mm-hmm. then trying to get I loved it because at every turn she just 
really genuinely sucked at it, particularly in terms of trying to seduce Orlo <clears throat> and then just blurting out to him like, oh, like, do you want to join my coup? <laughs> and he's so terrified and runs away. Just like the f- the farcical nature of it I found really enjoyable. Yeah. And I thought like, well, that's going to fall apart. But then seeing that it didn't, like people were so desperate as as she was for something better that they were able to – come together as like this ragtag team like which one of the things i love in many tv shows is that like that chosen family have a ragtag team often fighting evil Mm. um Mm. and i and i dig it Mm. (laughs) i always dig that some buffy uh similarities i like it yeah no i really i really enjoyed the way that all unfolded the bit for me if we're talking about the criticisms that were things it's like i enjoyed this section of the story was when um, she decides that Peter can somehow be influenced by her and that she can, mm. what she calls her coup of ideas. So mm-hmm. she abandons pretty much the idea of the standard coup where she's yeah. going to take power and maybe she can just mold him, mold him, make him better, you know, mm. just a bad boy who needs a good woman around to teach <laughs> him fair. about art and science and those sorts of things. And that, I actually really enjoyed that part. I it really enjoyed... Um, Peter's near-death experience and when she thought she was going to get power and then sort of has to shrink away from that because... I love that because I, I didn't know the history. I was like, is that how she got power? I was like, it's way too early in the season for yeah. this to be happening. And then as she steps forward and doesn't know what the fuck she's talking yeah. about is a huge wake-up call and an important one. Like, Very. it's a great turning point in the season. Yeah, and it was. It just felt like it's... I was trying to, like, place it over the course of, like, an act three-act structure. It's like... The transition for the end of Act 2 and the into Act 3 where all the action needs mm. to happen, sort of, is just a little bit too yes. long. Um, as much fun as it is to spend lots of time with Peter and Catherine together in that part, mm. Leo disappears, becomes a sooky, skulky yeah. nothing. And Orlo has this weird side story where he suddenly has murdered a man <laughs> and mm-hmm. has decided he doesn't have glasses anymore. Like, I understand what they were doing with this character, but it just... Very clunky, I thought, compared to the It was other parts both of the show. sudden and too slow. Yeah. <laughs> with Orlo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then leading into the into the last couple of episodes, the conversation between Catherine and Peter when she outright says that, you know, this is a coup and mm-hmm. you should abdicate that whole talk about the mm-hmm. idea of abdication. Fuck it just it was yeah. such a great build up to an excellent conversation between those two characters. And yeah, you- I love the, you know, You'll, you know, do what your father wanted you to do. You will have saved Russia. Mm-hmm. And then Peter's and just like- And you shit at this job. And, like, yeah. he knows he's not good at this job. And Peter's just like, yes, yeah, save Russia, but save Russia from myself. It's, like, <laughs> quite a thing to wrap yeah. my head around, um, which I enjoyed the honesty of that conversation, how they were both, like, well, not honesty, but they were both playing each other and putting their the cards they wanted out. It was just like, yeah, it was- a beautiful match to watch, even though Peter was always going to be unmatched. Because they just are an interesting pair. They are. And they are more interesting, they're most interesting when they're just fully honest with each well, other in kind that of moment. ship it a little bit. Well, that's the thing is in they're some ways- They're in their own ways. They are. There is undoubtedly something there um, mm. in either the performances or the way the characters are presented. They're not without some chemistry. Yes. Absolutely. Which complicates things, but just makes the show that much more mm. Which I like, delicious. Which yes, I those episodes where it's mostly those who's together, it's 
goes for too long. Yeah. But it does build up to that important moment of like, yeah. well, there is investment there and there's a development of the relationship that makes you care. Not that like you don't want them to be together because it would be a fucking terrible thing because um, Peter is a, a bad person. But, yeah, you're investing in the relationship because you have had moments of softness. Like you see him cradled in the statue's yeah. arms because it's you know, overshadowed by his dad forever, that type of thing. Like you, you do have empathy there and you see like the sad lost little boy whose mum thought he was like pure evil, which like the, the planting of that throughout the season is really good. Should we go into Peter then? Well, I don't know if I've got much left to say about Peter, really. Mm. I think we've said a lot of it already. That's He's true. That all those elements though make him mm. compelling because as much as he's just this banal version of like an evil emperor, mm. there is so much that is informing that if you look under the surface. Yes. These, of course, his relationship with his father, his complicated relationship with his mother, um, just but the nature of being emperor of Russia. I, I, I yeah, it's super compelling and fun and just so well drawn and so well performed by all the actors. Mm. Are there any bad performances in this show? Does anyone not do a good job, do you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, they're all pretty fucking amazing. In every scene, I was, no matter who was in a scene, I was fun, I was enjoying watching them play off each other. How do we feel about Leo? Leo. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, when he first came on the scene and that, peach thing happened Mm -hmm. and i was like oh for fuck's sake this is ridiculous (laughs) but he was fun and there were like i really warmed to him quickly i think there were moments when after they're meant to have spent a a night of love making together and they're coming back into the dining room where peter is there and leo mentions to her that she should giggle and she's like what that's ridiculous i'm not doing it it's like fine then i will and he starts giggling and just little moments like that i'm like this guy's kind of cute and fun. And you can see, like, he's the one warm spot yes. in all of cold, cold Russia. You're like, of course you'd fall in love with him. Yeah, I you, I did invest in Catherine and Leo very quickly, mm. Be, especially because God knows she needed something like that. Yes. And you want her to be happy mm-hmm. on some level or another. And I, I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed their partnership right up until I didn't, which is where... The coup of ideas starts. When and he gets Leo annoying, he's like, Muh. starts to have a He made you come sulk. and I didn't. Yeah. There was a bit where he just like threw a jug or something like that, like grabbed a vase and like just threw it against a wall or something or just batted it off. And I was like, mm. this is very unattractive <laughs> thing for you to do, Leo. And someone You're who's really just been- turning me off, Leo. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so it was nice when he sort of got in on the whole coup idea and yes. it's like he came back and it was just like switched him back on. So he had to turn the character off for a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on Peter. Yeah. He's allowed they back need to into give him a reason to like leave. Could they have sent him off? Would it have made a difference if they just let Leo- Go somewhere else mm. for a while. Surely there are other places in Russia he could have been for a couple of episodes. I mean, he has his own estate, so exactly. he might need to go back for whatever reason. I don't think I need the sulkiness. No, that's like that and the printing press debacle of like how he totally yeah. betrayed her. I was like, that's fucked, man. Like, It just didn't seem in character. Mm. But then again, I, maybe the idea was, and originally I was like, we're going to find out that he is his own sort of like petty and, mm. you know, he's not the facade that we have gotten to like over the the start of the series. But then they switch him back on. He's just Leo again. Mm. 
because they need him to, you, they need you to love him. So the end moment hurts. Yes. Which. Did it hurt you, Brad? Yeah, it did. Surprisingly mm. so. Because mm. when the choice was between Leo and Rush, I was like, Leo's a sook. Get rid of him. But when she went out there to do it, I was like, this fucking hurts now. Yeah, it's it was awful. I mean, obviously, you choose Russia. Obviously. You do it. Um, <laughs> you can fight with the Leos. <laughs> exactly. And I think Voltaire, I love that Voltaire is a character in this oh, show. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, you know, he's just another boy with like legs and hair and whatever. Um, and a cock. I and think. a cock. And a cook. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, to see her actually go out and the... It's just full of really great moments, this show, when she's like, you know, I I love you more than anything, but and he's like, well, let's just stop for a second and just <laughs> pretend that you've just said the first thing. And it's really beautiful. And obviously, they both look at each other and know that they can't stop there and that he has to go and die. But yeah, it was, I wasn't like weeping because I knew it was inevitable, Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was a stirring moment. Agreed. Do we, did he die? We never saw him die on camera. Oh, he's fucking dead. What if he magically comes back next season. What if he was a spy the whole time? Or what if they turn him into a spy? I'm trying to think of a way to just keep Leo in the show if they wanted to. He's not coming back. Okay, okay. If you say so. Uh, any other characters you particularly liked? I'm going to guess Mariel. I did, but then I didn't. But then I did, but then I didn't, <laughs> which is what I loved. Mm. <laughs> because... The actress is amazing. So, immediately, like, I fucking love this chick. I want her in- Phoebe Fox. Yes. I want her in everything. Ev- I want her in everything. I was everything. kept trying to think, mm, what have I seen you in? The answer mm. is nothing. Mm. She's just one of those characters. Like, she's just so immediately great. You're like, I've I love you. I've known you forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> you know, she's absolutely incredible. Um, but I loved, you know, on the, on the rewatch, looking back at it, before you really know who she- is in the very first episode, you mm-hmm. find out that Mariel, while can be a great or possible friend slash companion for Catherine, is never going to sacrifice herself or anything that she values for Catherine. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, in the beginning when Catherine wants to, like, try and escape and obviously her and Vlad tell the Emperor that she's in that giant box... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, obviously. Um, but I loved that. And I loved her relationship with Archie, which was such a wonderful complication because yes, while I h- hated the fact that she kept like choosing him or going back to him or having loyalty to him, whenever they were in a scene together, I fucking got it. You could see the love and the care between them, even though he was such a repulsive character almost in every other scene except for when he was with her. The thing is, he is, but it's like... And this is something I love about the characters in general, mm. is it still wasn't like mustache twirling bad no, guy, no, no. right? It's like but at I the truly... beginning you think he is, because he does like that whole flame thing and he's like the fingers and all that stuff. All of it. You're gross. like, he's gonna be disgusting. And celebrating like when Catherine like bites the fingers yeah. and stuff earlier. It's like that's such an awesome moment, because fuck you, Archie. Yeah. But I also truly believe There's so much more there. That mostly he believes mm. what he's doing, even if like, he does go into the wild and go on that drug trip to try and have a vision. Like, mm. it's like, there's something about, he truly is authentically what he says he is. Yeah. Um, that does not mean he's not political or anything like that, or it's not nefarious in his own ways, but mm. he is genuinely yeah. representative of the church and his beliefs. And it's like, there's a certain amount, it's not respect, it's not the right word, but you, 
That's it's great. There's that that's in, almost integrity. Integrity, <laughs> the, maybe the is the word that for he it. Yeah. Is, yeah, he does believe. Catherine those recognizes things. that too. When mm. they're talking about having to kill Archie, and Mariel's like, "Don't you fucking dare! I'll stab you nine times in your fat fucking face, something like that." Fucking <laughs> yeah. um, brutal sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Catherine says he's a political animal. He'll he will reason, and I he think does. if things worked out the way they were, that she envisioned, that would have been true. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like as soon as um, Orlo and Archie are in that locked in that room together, and Orlo tells him that you know it's over like that means peter's dead although that's not the situation as far as we know it um he archie immediately goes like oh well what about elizabeth is is that elizabeth yeah like so he is a political creature and he's like thought about it and he's you know thought like three moves ahead of how things might work out for him because it's important for him well yes he sincerely believes in his religious beliefs he is a political being and power is important in that time um so, yeah, I find him fascinating as much as, like, early on I was like, oh, okay, this is the bad guy. As sure. we go on, he's not the bad guy. It's way more complicated than that. Way more complicated than that. Yeah, I love that as well. And, yeah, I agree. The relationship between him and Mariel is fascinating. And those actors, those performers make mm. those scenes work so you believe yeah. it. Because it does seem a little overly, like, uh, convenient that she has this connection to one of the bad guys that just keeps making her work against Catherine mm. all these significant moments. Mm. Um I loved I just loved every scene with Mariel though. Just her dialogue is incredible. She's, great. She's a perfect side to our lead, I think. Yes. A willow? She's not really a willow. What'd you call her? No, she's not a willow <laughs> at all. She's like an Anya, maybe or um No, she's not Oh an Anya. Yeah, an Anya. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree <laughs> with that. Okay. Uh what about Orlo? Did you like Orlo as a character? I did. I really did. I mean, there were moments when after he had killed a man that I was like, and I knew the point was that I was meant to be rolling my eyes at him, but I just loved soft, cute teddy bear Orlo before that, that I was like, I don't need him to have this silly hard edge or for him to take himself so seriously now in that way. Um, But I loved his cute friendship with Catherine, particularly, I think it's in the last episode. Yeah. When it's her birthday and the coup is happening and it's stupid, but when they're walking outside and they're all like walking in a line together and he just comes in, he's like, oh, hey, everyone, happy birthday, Catherine. I was like, this is just a really cool group of friends. Um, <laughs> they really seem to like each other. Um, no, I really like Orlo. I find it's rousing to see someone who has such conviction but also has had to quieten his heart for so long to now have the opportunity. I really enjoyed that. I actually think he's the Willow now that I think about it because he's the one yeah, with all the smarts and stuff. He is or the Willow. Jarsy type character. Anyway. No, he's Willow. Willow. Totally, yeah. I think one of my favourite moments in the last episode with him is actually where he goes to... Um, they're trying to get the aristocrats on their side for the coup so they won't have mm. the district sort of rebel against them, whatever, if they go through with it. And that conversation he has, I can't remember the guy's name, who's eating the pork right. Mm. And... Disgusting. I, yeah, but he gets him on board and it's just like, I don't know, there's something about the performance, the way he like finishes his drink and then does this little like fist and it's like, he's a true believer in yes. the cause ultimately, um, always has been and like mm. to have this opportunity and to get the, the, the grow the chutzpah to do it, I mm. guess. What I actually enjoy about that scene is that, yes, he, he, Oh, no, that's a different scene that I'm thinking of. What one are you thinking of? No, because there's one when he tries to get the army guy and he's talking oh, about how sure. Catherine is different or whatever. And I think 
in terms of the aristocrat who's eating the pig, he goes in and he's, you know, he's the guy who can like tell people like what her beliefs are, why she's different, how she can make a change. But he literally sits down with that guy. He's like, say, you know, hypothetically, right, if someone was to take control that wasn't Peter, like what would your feelings about that be? And the guy was like, I don't give a fuck. Give me like two million ruples, rubles, 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 whatever, Um, and and a a port port, and it's fine. And he's just kind of like, oh, okay. That was (laughs) so much easier than I thought it was. People, (laughs) you can just buy people. Great. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, Velimentov, you mentioned the army guy, was a character that I found far more compelling and interesting than I initially thought. I thought just the drunk general mm. um, who obviously had a talent and that was being ignored by Peter mm-hmm. um, and was had this infatuation for Catherine, mm-hmm. but that was about it. He was sort of just a joke. Yeah. And then we spend some time with him and understand his position on things and then finally... And, like, there's a conversation he's having with this the general from the Swedish army as mm-hmm. well. They're talking about, like, seeing the graduates from the academy and stuff like that and then imagining what it's going to be like for them when they first get out onto the battlefield mm. and understanding there's there's quite a lot going on inside. Um, and the conversations he has with, with Catherine when he finally comes around to, you know what, fuck it, I mean, sort yeah. of thing. He was much more layered and interesting than you. You didn't need to do that with Velimentov, I don't think. And it was so satisfying that it was there. Yeah, I thought he was just going to be the gross, creepy older uncle yes. type who was like constantly trying to get I, his hands on her or like give her gross, greasy kisses, etc. The easy mm. thing to do was to have him on board just because he's infatuated with Catherine. Yeah. I thought that's what's going to happen. He, mm-hmm. like, I think. Uh, Mariel, I think, maybe says, or possibly Orlo, I can't remember. Someone suggests just have sex with him. You'll get him on board. Mariel, like, yeah. Yeah, it'll take you 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like, it'll take you five yeah, minutes. Yeah, she's like, she'll be like, Everyone you'll be done by 9.15. <laughs> Actually, 9.05. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I get, yeah, I love the, the kind of, the moment where you realise, while you might think of any character to be a joke because they are genuinely funny. There's sure. a moment when they're in the carriage together, Catherine and what's his name? Velmentov. Velmentov. Um, are in the carriage together and she's like, you know, I'm talking about like revolution, like come join me or whatever. And he's like, you're playing a dangerous game. She's like, you won't betray me. He's like, well, you don't know that. Yeah. He stops the carriage and he leaves because she doesn't fucking know that. And yep. she's like, he, when, he he has real wisdom. He and under, like, he's been there before. He's seen yep. some real shit. Yeah. And I thought that was a really, really important moment. Yeah. Agreed. Um, other characters I'm trying to think of, there's George and... Yes, that's something I found fascinating. Go on. I have never seen a more complicated relationship. Good Lord. At first... When it starts, it, this is what this show does. I had so many like first thoughts about, yeah, thank you, about all of these characters. And as we went, I was like, oh, it's, it's, there's so much more than that. Um, Grigor and George are just that. I thought this poor couple, this poor woman, she's having to relinquish her body, um, betray her marriage in order to keep the emperor on side. But really she's betraying herself and isn't that terrible? And then as we go on, we realize that she wants to be having sex mm-hmm. with Peter. She is very happy to be doing that. She does love her husband very much, but she's more it's more complicated than that. It's more interesting than that. 
she wants to have this polyamorous relationship. Like she is living a great life. Poor Gregor though. Yeah. Watching that man slowly get smaller and smaller and smaller. But he also genuinely loves Peter as well. Yeah. It's just, I was just like every time the three of them or even like two of them in either kind of pairing, it was just fascinating. It was Because with every scene I just learnt more about the complexity to their relationship. Just even I'm really glad they gave Peter friends like this to have because mm. it would be very easy to have him be friendless. A lot of people mm. faking their affection for him mm. or just servants or whatever around him that are just gonna yes men, basically. Mm. But he genuinely has a very complicated but a real connection mm-hmm. to these two people. Um, and nothing more apparent than when they... I, uh, who's the guy that Rostov or whatever it is mm. is the guy that gets into that his Mariel cause. Sends. Mariel sends. to kill him. And they both, without hesitation... Go straight through this guy. Yeah. Just just slaughter him there. Learn to read the room. a room. <laughs> <laughs> Peter stabs him. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, they truly, truly love him, as complicated as that whole thing is. I love the moment also with Grigor when he finally... Yes. Like, I think Peter's eating the peach or the pear. It's, uh, it's whatever, a pear. A pear. I hate like, the way you eat pears. pears. <laughs> it's so funny. And then- but the way that Nicholas Holt is eating that pear is absurd. <laughs> Yeah, it's gross. I just I wish I remember Peter's lines. Like he's like, "You are being fucking weird," and it must cease immediately or something like that. That's pretty much it. And then Grigor explains, "Yeah, you know, he doesn't like him having sex with George. Like every a piece of me burns away every time." And then he's like, "Oh wait, so you really do?" Because he's been telling this whole time he doesn't mind. You really do mind? Well, stop doing it. And the confusion and the relief. And what am I? What is what has happened here on Grigor's face? Mm. Even up to the point where Peter says, "Or maybe just twice a year." Yeah, and it's like I think he's like calculating. Like I, I could deal with that. Yeah, uh, that, that would be actually I could. That would be much better than the current yeah. situation. <laughs> it's all there though. It's, yeah, it's all there. But even I was like, I had such relief for Grigor. Yeah, at that. But then later, yeah, it was after that. I'm quite sure that George is talking to Grigor about how. You know, she, he's married to a complicated woman, and that she likes it. And but he's asked the emperor to stop, so you know the that Peter probably will stop. Yeah, and that's something interesting that will probably be discussed in season two. Then look forward to Elizabeth. Yes. Oh, yes. Peter's aunt. Hmm. Um. A really excellent character to have in terms of having someone of high status. As a woman mm. and also quite experienced in the whole court. In fact, in reality, that she was the queen or the empress before Peter was. She was, yeah. Um, that or essentially that character. Like, there's a lot. The thing is, this is the thing as well. It's like it's such a loose the person version with of, that name, but not the character, not the exact character, yeah. but kind of the same relationship. It's like the whole thing's complicated. In yeah. fact, Peter the Great was not Peter's father; it was Peter's grandfather. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, anyway, so very <laughs> loosely based on history. Yeah. Um, she's wonderful. Her, obviously, just her, like, sexual, um, what would you call it? Appetite. Appetite. Mm. And just the fantasy and the, like, she's, yes, very, very educated and 
interesting in that regard. Um, but then I, I, her relationship to Peter and to Catherine, and then finally with a revelation when she realizes that Catherine is the one who is coming for Peter, mm. and that decision she has to make, where she, after all this time, is all pr- about protecting her bloodline. Thankfully, Catherine's pregnant. Thank God Catherine's pregnant Otherwise, in that moment. Catherine would have been fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. fucked. Just yeah. the way she has to calculate those things. And especially when she kills uh, Ivan, is it? Mm-hmm. Like, finding out that she had done that to her own blood as I d- well. I didn't think she was going to do that. I didn't imagine that was within I, her I, as well. Yeah, because, like, yeah, she is this kind of ditzy, almost, like, insane character that floats around the palace with butterflies following her. Um, but then the realization that it's most like, I mean, there's a part of it that's true. Like she does have a soft, um, fairy like nature about her, but it's also a lot of it is just a game that she's playing in order to maintain her own safety by seemingly being totally unthreatening. Yeah. Yeah. Or just by being. Her persona is being crazy, is being yeah. mad. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, oh, don't worry her. about her. Don't worry about her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I I love that character. And I love where they're going with that character potentially mm. into next season as well. Um, the kiss on Catherine's cheek I thought was very Judas-y and I thought she was going to betray him to Peter mm. and then to just have her goodbye before <laughs> she goes to the country to get out of there. But Smart move. Get the, out. The last thing we see is Archie chasing after her before she gets in her carriage. Mm-hmm. Um, setting up. You would expect her to be the other option mm-hmm. in season two, which I'm trying to imagine her and Catherine as adversaries. And that would be very, very... With, like, her and Archie, basically, mm. versus Catherine and... we like Elizabeth and Mary, Queen yeah, of Yeah, 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 yeah. If they want to go that... That's a good thing. It's, like, it's not beholden to history, obviously. So they can really do what they want, which is super fun. Yeah. Because, obviously, like, I know a, a tiny bit, because after I watched the show, I was like, what is true? And so I looked up little bits and stuff. I was like, but now I know it's not spoilers. That's the thing. So, which it's is not spoilers because there's a lot of things from the little bits that I've read that mm. don't seem like they're going to happen that way at all. Yeah. For instance, in Should real life. tell people this just I, in case? I, th- I don't think, it, I mean, it's history for real life mm. and this show is already going, you know, to do its own yeah, thing. Yeah, it's way off. Yeah. We all know, surely we all understand that Catherine becomes Catherine the Great. <gasps> what? Yes, Right. So, do. she's going to become, or we would assume she's going to become mm. Empress at some stage in this show. It's a question of whether it happens right now or there's going to be more complicated or what it's going to be. Mm. But in reality, uh, she the coup happens on Peter and then Peter died about a week later of yeah, like a that. stroke, I think. Well, they don't really know. They don't really know. They think it might be a guard or maybe he just happened to die a week after a sure. coup. But that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. That's not what's going to happen in this story. Mm-mm. Peter is probably going to be removed from the throne. Catherine, I would assume, is going to take over immediately after we get back to the show. I hope he's just in a little room That's somewhere. exactly what I think is going to happen. And Catherine goes and visits him every now and again. He's going to be great there. chat. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I think it's going to be. I don't think it can last like that, but I think we get a whole other season of Nicholas Holt as Peter yeah. in that exact regard. Talking to her about the problems with power, as you mm. know, being this wealth of information, even if it's tainted by his weird worldview and like... Banal, banal mm. ev- evil nature. Yeah, because if in this world his dad is Peter the Great, yeah, then like, what a person to have when you're taking over Russia yeah. is the son of Peter the Great and all the things he knows about, like his 
yeah, internal world. Mm. Was there something else about the way history actually went down that you were anticipating was going to change or you're looking forward to seeing? Oh, things changing. Mm. I'm not sure. It was just simply I assumed that they would probably get Peter to abdicate the way that he did in real life and then hold him in a room. Yeah. Would be my thing. And just, yeah, just not kill him as quickly. Yeah. They don't Mm. even have to kill him at all. If they wanted to, they could like fake his death and then he can go off and go somewhere Mm. else, go live in Sweden uh, with King Sweden over there. His best friend over there. Or like, there's a lot of options for that sort of stuff, I think. Mm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes, Damask? I do. Just a couple of quotes that I we haven't mentioned already. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the greatest one, which was, how's your evening? Avoided rape, you. Same. That was With good. the follow-up line, if they invented something easier <laughs> than buttons, then we'd all be in trouble. Yeah. Accurate. Um, here's one where Catherine says to Marielle, I thought I was here for a reason, a purpose. Marielle responds, why did he make you a woman then? Catherine says, comedy, (laughs) which is also accurate. Absolutely. Um, I also love the absolute ignorance and privilege shown by Catherine when, I think it's when she's about to kill herself and she says to Marielle, her, her servant, what am I to do? Live at someone else's whim? which I love, to which Marielle responds, God forbid. <laughs> um, yes, and then I just had the the great line of, you probably don't remember this, but a week ago I shot your bear and punched you, <laughs> which I just think is wonderful. Anyway, your turn. Uh, a, a lot of lines. Uh, and that literally, like, there's like half a dozen here. I could have gone for pages. Oh, me too. Just incredible lines If of I wasn't so engrossed in actually watching the show, Two times over in like a week and a half, by the way. Sure. I would have just written down lines, but I was just enjoying watching it. Um, is this a coup or a fucking book club? <laughs> I suppose we should kill him, but he is family and we are sentimental. <laughs> um, you would like to be loved. I am loved. Mm, someone tried to kill you. That was great. <laughs> For, this one from Peter I loved as well. Fucking paintings. Who knew? <laughs> as he cries, he's yeah. crying. <laughs> Looking at the painting. Fucking love that. Uh, you have a lot of guards. Indeed, fucking come for me and you die a lot first. And just Catherine's lie in the last episode as well. It's Voltaire. How would that look when she was playing on Killing Peter in front of Voltaire? Uh, I also loved one of my favourite gags that wasn't dialogue actually mm. is when they have the Swedish um, like representative or ambassador or whatever over mm-hmm. and they're playing to like kill him and take oh, his head. And like and, yeah. the <laughs> finger across the throat. Yeah. I was yes. losing it. So good. Because how do you tell someone to like... Stop don't it. Do- don't do it without like the cutting someone's It's <laughs> so amazing. It really, it really tickled me a lot. Yeah. Even on the second viewing, I was laughing just as hard. It was fucking hilarious. It yeah. is incredible. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, and just uh, amusing and, and going back to something we talked about a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about um, Never Have I Ever. This, this is how you seed season two but don't make it the final moment, mm. right? The final moment of this episode is the most important moment. The stuff about season yeah. two got seated earlier with Archie and Elizabeth. It's just mentioned. We understand mm-hmm. it's there. If there isn't season two, we'll get to it. Yeah. You don't make that the thing you end on. You mm. make the moment of Catherine and the gun going off and whatever that means, <gasps> mm-hmm. that's your moment. That's mm. what you ended on. 
I just I was just like, that's how you that's how you do it. Anyway. Uh least favorite and favorite episode. What was your least favorite episode, Damask? You've watched this twice. I'm fascinated to hear what this yes. is. Yes. Um so I was really kind of oh, there's no bad episodes, I want to say that. Zero bad episodes. Up front. No bad episodes, but I was feeling the kind of sense of stagnation a little bit. Things weren't quite as um, bitey or fun or well-paced as previous episodes. So I was tossing up between six and seven. Ultimately, I went with episode seven, A Pox on Hope. Um, well, yes, the death of Vlad was very sad and the plight of serfs was a great uh, motivation for Catherine moving forward. The sadness of Leo, as we spoke about before, over yeah. Catherine's sexy times with Peter was just a bit boring. And yes, obviously, um, with all those whole, I killed a man yeah. story. Was that my right? Yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, it's exactly the episode I chose. Mm. Well, episode seven, A Pox on Hope. Feeling the limitations of the 10 hour... 10-hour-long episodes. Transition for Act 2 to Act 3 is being stretched out. While not all valueless, Leo and Orlo in particular are suffering as they are being sidelined to allow more time to dwell on Catherine's coup of ideas. Barely a criticism, I think. It's really was still a good episode. There was something else as well. That's the episode where she does her speech and has that moment about inoculating herself. Mm. Um, And it's like... We kind of have these three speeches that happen, right? There's the three moments... There's the one where she thinks she's taking over as empress and then completely fucks it up mm-hmm. in front of like the council or whatever. Then there's this one where she like is finding her voice but does not get through to her people. Mm-hmm. And then finally we have the one after Peter after tortures the, torture. the entire fucking court, hell. which is hilarious and fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but Archie's such a fucking psycho. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> With the nipples, have my eyeballs. <laughs> you, are you give me your eyeballs. It's not him. Um, uh, <laughs> I also love that when she gives him the finger after she's had the nail. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it makes me want to fucking vomit. So good though. Um, but this, 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 sorry, just to dwell on this for a second. Mm. It's such a funny show, but I totally got into moments like that. Like I was invested in. Oh, genuinely. As silly as yes. it kind of is, genuinely excited at moments when characters mm. would, would yeah, have a moment like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, she has the speech. No, yeah, I was never out. The human never took me out of the world, that's which is wonderful. That's what's kind of amazing about yeah. it is it's, it could just it be a It brought me farce. further in because I was like, these people live in such a hor- absurdly horrific time. Yeah. Of course they'd have a sense of humour about it because that's just kind of- you got to live. Mm. Do you think, like, it's almost, it's somehow it's balancing on the teetering on the edge of Blackadder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's right it's <laughs> yeah. right there, yeah. but it doesn't fall completely mm. into that. It stays on the side where you can still get invested in the story. Mm-hmm. I just thought of another bit that I loved where they find um, Tata Nick dead in the fountain and they're talking oh, about yeah. how the fountain's a death trap <laughs> yeah. and then they're, and they're like you should yeah it's cursed it's like you should be worried that someone's coming for you it's like this other person died last week and then Archie and Elizabeth are both there just go mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <Slap> <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, Catherine has the speech after the torturing and that's mm. like she finally gets that right she has her big moment finally uh, favourite episode oh I um... I don't know because I liked so many of them. I was like, the pilot is amazing. The pilot is exceptionally good. 
I really, really enjoyed that. But then I was like, episode two, I was like, oh, it just gave me more of what I really enjoyed in the pilot. Mm-hmm. I love the final episode. I thought it was a great way to end it. it wrapped it all up perfectly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I guess the pilot. I don't know. I really, I really fucking love this show. So any of them, really. But I'll say pilot. Whatever. I, I could easily have gone the pilot. I often give it to pilots because I often find that they can be very successful. Mm-hmm. Pilots or last episodes tend to be the ones. Yeah. Um, I think the pilot, what's great about it is it it could almost, like, it stands on its own. Like, if you just got that and the story ends with her deciding she's going to become Empress, mm. it's like, that's like a short film that you've just done and it was very effective at getting us to that moment. Everything we need is there. Mm. But I'm going to give my favourite episode to episode eight, Meatballs at the Darker. Oh, Dutcher. God, that was fun. Fucking really fun. Ah, oh, but then also, like, really informative. And yeah. I was like, Good choice, my friend. It takes what has been that little bit of a slowdown and like gets everything back on track mm-hmm. with in excellent fashion. It's a great episode of Catherine's ability, mm-hmm. and now she has Velamentov, so you can get the coup in motion. So everything's moving. We have all that great Velamentov stuff, and also it's just very, very, very funny episode for Peter and the King of Sweden. The show Watching was just them doing fight on the table is like obviously no one can intervene because they're royalty. Yeah. so it's great. Peter, mm. tell can you control your stuff? Shut up, Olaf. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, that was just for mm. me. Was just like the show being amazing. It's like I can imagine more mm. episodes like that in the future. And I love the reality that was brought to Catherine by the Queen of Sweden. Yes, just being like if you educate the people, then you educate them to realize that they don't need us, or nor should they want us at all. It's like, well, yeah, true. Predictions, hopes, and concerns for a season two. Um, I hope there is a season two. I hope it's just as good. My worry mm-hmm. is that, um, like Killing Eve, perhaps I hope the showrunner doesn't leave or anything to work on other projects. I hope that they don't focus too hard on the pithy kind of humour that people are like, oh, that's really cool. That's a reason why it's great. Because, yes, that is a great reason that the great is great, great. fuck yep um, <laughs> beautiful put that on the poster <laughs> <laughs> um, but so what happened with killing eve was they forgot about putting in interesting characters and interesting storylines and it just became about like these kind of cool funny things to say and it lost all of what actually made it cool and funny um and i i worry about that sure yes i think that's fair yeah um so, in terms of talking about the next season, it hasn't been announced yet. However, mm. this comes from a article from L.com, E-L-L-E or Ellie. L, L. as in L McPherson, yeah. Not as in L. No, it's got nothing to do with her. But as in as in L Fanning. As in L Fanning. That's there better. Go. There we go. <laughs> Fanning admitted to Entertainment Tonight, Tony's definitely thinking about season two. So, this is Tony McNamara talk, cool. we're talking about, which is good. He has some idea. Without divulging details, the actress confirmed, if they wanted to do it, I would do it right away. It also seemed that Holt is involved. Variety reported the actor exited the upcoming seventh Mission Impossible movie because filming overlapped with the production of season two of The Great. Good so move, my man. fucking fascinating because he was meant to play the villain in that role. It's Nicholas now been Holt Nicholas was. Holt, yep. Mm. As he's been recast because... He apparently wants to be doing the great, which very cool move, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I I, wonder, I mean, I'm sure he couldn't get out of it. I don't necessarily. If you, they were already filming. 
No, it, well, it says the overlap with the production of season two. So that's the planned production because I don't think oh, they started filming okay. the Mission Impossible yet. I don't know. But like, if he was negotiating that, he would have had some idea of things. Mm. Maybe he couldn't get out of it. I also wonder if actors are choosing some of these things because, A, it's a great show, brilliantly written. Why wouldn't you want to be on it? Mm. But also because it's like, like there's security in a show that could go mm. for six seasons, which apparently he has planned. Mm-hmm. Um, it was initially pitched as six seasons rather than being that one Mission Impossible film where your villain dies at the end and like you get a paycheck beat. That's it. I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's probably going to happen. It's getting great reception. Woo-hoo. Hulu's doing some good work at the moment. Mm. Um, I wonder I wonder if this could almost become like comedy Game of Thrones. They're going to throw a slightly bigger budget at it. They'll start to go to other places, introduce more characters, mm. that sort of thing. Don't make it keep too it fresh big, though. Please don't. don't do I, I don't want to see big battles and armies and shit like no, that. It should always just be about the politics and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I do hope they can get out of the Winter Palace a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm... Well, once I'm she's no longer beholden to the Emperor, I'm sure they can do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I hope for. I assume we're going to get the Archie Elizabeth stuff, and I think that's great because I love those two characters, and mm-hmm. they'll make excellent foils. Um, the idea of keeping Peter around just in, the, in a side room somewhere sounds as a great. Pet. Yeah, as her bear, her new pet could, bear. Could mm. he be let back at, out into the court in some way? I don't know if that really works. But if he mm. abdicates, why not? That was what she offered him. You could just eat and fuck, and he was like, "That sounds pretty good." And hang out with your kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I know I want more. Yeah, That's me too. all I really, really know. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. You can find me at Twitter at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Also got a new podcast called Seizing Up, available now. Check that out. Next episode, as we said, we'll be back to discuss Killing Eve Season 3. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. And so we